The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Laura Hoffert, who was without oxygen for six minutes and got an amazing view of heaven. Laura, thank you for joining me and welcome. Thank you for having me. Laura, if you don't mind, let's start with a little bit of your backstory leading up to your NDE. Sure. So uh, in November of 2019, uh, the beginning, um, I got a flu shot that was offered to me by my job. Uh, I started feeling a little off from the flu shot and, um, you know, with running fevers, chills, just thought it was a bad reaction from the flu shot. Um, but I followed up with my doctor. Um, and at the age of 35, um, I was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. Um, so the doctors transferred me down to Philly um, to a leukemia specialist uh, and they end up uh, starting the chemo down there. Uh, I was only on the chemo for five days. Um, they ended up stopping it uh, because it was killing me. I was having uh, all different types of issues. Uh, I had double pneumonia. I had bleeding in my lungs so, and I was having a really hard time uh, breathing. So the doctors decided to put me in a induced coma. So I was on a ventilator um, for about a little over a month. And, um, you know, throughout that time, just continued to have a bunch of different complications. Uh, the doctors considered me a DNR. Uh, they called hospice in at one point uh, because they didn't believe that they didn't think I was going to make it. Um, but I'm still here. You know, I had a lot of family and friends, pr you know, praying for me uh, and praying me through this. Um, I eventually started waking up um, from the, they started to, you know, decrease the medicine. So I would start to wake up from the coma and I eventually started to, and then they wanted to uh, put me, put a trach in so they could transfer me off of the, the ventilator. So they, we got to that point, uh, they were able to, to put the trach in so that I could start to breathe on my own again. And then about five days after they put the trach in, uh, so the nurses have to um, reposition you every couple of, of hours so you don't get bed sores and on January 10th of 2020, uh, they were in the middle of repositioning me. And while they were repositioning me, uh, the trait became dislodged and got stuck in my throat. 
And so at that point, um, every time I took a breath in, the oxygen went up into my face or just back out the, the trach hole. So I wasn't receiving um, any oxygen. Um, you know, the last thing I kind of remember was a bunch of doctors and nurses kind of running all around the room. And, you know, a lot of machines going off, a lot of beeping. And then I remember the doctors like pushing like back on my head and my face kind of just being all uh, swollen with air. And then everything just went black. And then I remember just this bright white light and I was in the most beautiful place I've ever seen. And, you know, I, I was, I knew I was in heaven. And I remember looking around and just looking at all the different colors. And it was like blue and pink and white and purple and all of these like beautiful colors and they were all like flowing together. And I remember looking down to my right and there was uh, my dog that had passed away previously and also my mom's friends, two, bulldog, two bulldogs were also sitting there as well. And I remember looking back up and I was just looking around and the feeling that I had, the peacefulness and the calmness I've never felt that before. And, you know, it's even something that I've tried to recreate here on earth. And I can't, I cannot rec recreate that feeling that I had. And then I remember looking down and there was like a hole in the ground and there was like skulls and bones down there. And I got this like really terrified feeling and I was looking down and I was scared. So like, I quickly looked back up cause I was like, I don't want to feel that feeling again. And I don't know, like that was scary. So I remember looking back up cause I was like, I don't want to feel that. I want to feel this peacefulness and this calmness that I'm getting, you know, from what's around me. And then a man appeared in front of me and he said, do you know Seema? And I said, yes. And he said, tell her that I'm in heaven and that I love her. And I said, okay. And then I was just, you know, I woke up the next day, you know, in the hospital. Now Seema uh, is a woman that, uh, go, went, that went to my church and um, she had, um, so when I, you know, woke up from the, the coma, like I so badly wanted to get in touch with Seema to see, you know, to tell her this message. And then also just to kind of confirm that that was her dad that I saw in heaven, you know? So we got in touch with, with Seema and, you know, we had found out that her dad uh, did pass away. And, um, and, interesting you know he he grew up uh muslim and uh 
he lives in Iran. So I, you know, he's never stepped foot on US soil. Uh, but near his last years, um, you know, Seema was a Christian and she was always praying for her father. And kind of right before he died, she prayed with him over the phone. Now, over in Iran, religion and Christianity is not their religion. And it's, they don't have a, they can't worship. They don't have free religion like we do over here. So he wasn't able to respond on the phone to her. So she never really knew whether he accepted Christ or not and prayed the prayer over the phone with her. So when I saw her father in heaven and told her, it was almost like that confirmation that she needed that her father was in heaven, you know, and that he, you know, he so badly wanted to tell her that he, um, that he's there. And, um, you know, she believed me right away. And so when she was able to visit me in the hospital, the very first thing I did was I wanted her to bring me a bunch of pictures of her father. I wanted to, uh, to see whether I could pick him out, you know, because I've never seen her father before. And so she gave me a whole bunch of different sets of pictures. Um, and I was able to identify and pick out her father uh, from those pictures. Now he died when he was 85. And the picture that I was able to identify him was a picture when he was in his 30s. So also when you go to heaven, you know, you become young again, like you're not your, your old self. Um, and so, yeah, so now she's sharing that story over in Iran um, of, of, you know, me seeing her father and, you know, people are starting to question and look into, you know, heaven and Christianity um, from me seeing, you know, her father in heaven. Uh, but that peacefulness and that calmness that I felt there, like I said, I've tried to recreate that feeling here on earth. And I just don't think that I can because like there's just too much hate and evil here. But up in heaven, it was, like I said, it was peaceful and calm. And all I know is that I, I can't wait to go back. <laughs> Laura, thank you for sharing your experience with us. Can you tell us how you tried to recreate that feeling? I think just by, you know, I, I'm always constantly remembering my time in heaven. Like, even as I'm sitting here talking with you, you know what I mean? It's almost like as I can, I can see it again. You know what I mean? Like I can, I know exactly like the dogs were to the right, the, the, the stars and all the beautiful were, were straight ahead, you know, looking down was, 
you know, what I would say was I got a glimpse of hell as well. So I can visually see everything as it, like it happened yesterday. But when I'm seeing it, I'm not getting that feeling that I got when I was up there of, of that just wholeness and that peacefulness and the calmness. So I've, I've you know, tried to recreate just by thinking about it and imagining it again and trying to relive it because, I mean, this is a tough world that we live in, let's be honest. And sometimes I just need to go back to that place and I, I can't, I can't, you know, I, the, the peacefulness and the calmness was just overwhelming up there. Here, it's, it's not the same. When you looked down and saw the skull and crossbones, do you think you saw it because you were looking down or were you looking away from the light? That's an interesting question. Um, I'm not sure exactly why, you know, I saw it. Um, but maybe it is because I, I looked away from the light, you know what I mean? Like, and I looked, you know, I looked somewhere else, you know what I mean? Like, and, and that's kind of like a, a living example of how we need to keep our eyes on God. You know, when we take our eyes off God, you know, just how distracted we get, you know, and how we can, you know, just, uh, things start going a little crazy in our lives, you know, but, um, you know, I think it's just because just to give a comparison, maybe even to, you know what I mean, to heaven and to, to hell and, you know, how, how different they are, you know, because I remember that feeling of looking down and, you know, and how quickly I looked back up because I didn't want to feel that again. One thing that I find a very nice confirmation is that when you saw her father, he was in his 30s. And that's pretty common when some people see others on the other side, that they appear to be in their 30s. Why they choose that, I guess most people feel that, you know, in their 30s was their prime. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've also heard in his 30s, because that's when Jesus was crucified as well. Hmm. Interesting. So, um, Somebody had also told me that, that, you know, that may be why as well. But all I know is that there's no suffering. There's no pain up there. Um, you know, we're, we're healthy. You know, we feel loved. Um, and some also things is that like, uh, he never, all he said to me was, do you know Seema? I said, yes. And he said, tell her I love her and I'm in heaven. And so he never told me that, that, that he was her dad. Mm -hmm. It was like, I automatically knew who this man was yet. I, I never met him before. Um, also, I feel like we were speaking to each other um, through our souls almost like I can't remember like his actual mouth moving um, 
but I just felt connected to him. You know what I mean? Like we were talking through our souls or through our minds and that, you know, like I said, I knew that that was her dad, even though he never, he never said that in our conversation. So it's kind of like I had a, a knowledge that I, I normally wouldn't have had. At the time, were you and Seema close friends or was she just an acquaintance in church? I would make her more of an acquaintance in church. However, me and her do find it very interesting that around the time that this happened, uh, the, the pastor and his wife of the church, me, uh, Seema and her husband and me and my son had just started a Bible study together. And we were meeting um, every Friday at the pastor's house, um, having a Bible study. And it was only maybe we had just started the Bible study maybe a month before I got diagnosed. And then it was like a month later when I saw her dad in heaven. So we definitely think that there was some type of connection there as well, as far as like her dad knew that I was in this Bible study with her and that I, I did know her. Do you think it's possible that her father kept an eye on her from the other side and maybe he had seen you together in this Bible class? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, cause how else would he have known? Because like I said, he was, he's from Iran, you know, and never met him, never saw him. You know, so absolutely. How has your religious faith changed since your NDE? Huh? It's gotten much stronger. Um, I, in the beginning, uh, I have to be honest, I struggled a lot. You know, I wanted to go back. You know, this is a tough world that we live in. And so, you know, and, and also the leukemia has left me uh, with uh, a lot of physical issues, uh, health issues as well. You know, I'm still in my thirties and um, I have to walk with a walker because the chemo and uh, damaged all the nerves in my legs and stuff. So even now, you know, after the, near-death experience after being in heaven, um, I'm still constantly every day having to rely on God as my strength to get through every day because I wanted to go back. You know what I mean? Like I, I was a little frustrated at first. I was just like, God, you know what I mean? Like you saved me. Yes. I, you know, I went to heaven. I saw it, but now you're, you're bringing me back to earth. Like you're bringing me back here. So, I mean, it's changed in the fact that I've gotten stronger in my faith. And now I feel like God wants me to share that with others, to give others that hope. Because I really feel that there's a lot of people out there that need that hope to know that there is a God to know that heaven is real and to know that that's where you, that's where you want to go. You know? So yeah, it's, it's been, it's been the, 
the strongest it's ever been. You know, every day I wake up and thank God for saving me and, uh, you know, for giving me that, that experience, you know, because now he's using me to share it with others. On this side, you were without oxygen for six minutes. How long did it feel like you were on the other side? So it's kind of hard that it did. There's no much, there's not much time. Like I, I can't tell you as far as minutes, how long I was there. Um, it did feel like a very short time. It, you know, it didn't feel, it definitely wasn't long enough, you know, um, it was just enough for me to get that experience. You know, I wish it was longer. I really do. Um, but yeah, it's hard to, to say as far as time-wise how long I was there. Has the memory of this experience faded over time? No. And that's the one thing that, you know, it, it, it hasn't. And I won't let it. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, when, when days are tough, um, in this world today, you know what I mean? Like, I just think of that and it just reminds me that this is not my home and that all the struggles that I'm going through now, you know, one day will be worth it. What inspires you about your experience? I would just say what inspires me is not everybody gets a chance to have a near-death experience or or see heaven and i'm just thankful that god chose me to be able to deliver that message uh to other people do you think that the nde had any effect on your overall health and helping you get better especially from the leukemia? I definitely think that that God healed me um, because like from the, you know, from going through all of this, um, you know, even with the leukemia, when I was diagnosed, um, 33% of my bone marrow was leukemia blasts. And uh, the doctor's, were supposed to give me uh, the chemotherapy seven plus three, which is seven days of one chemo medicine and three days of another chemo medicine. And then <clears throat> after the seven plus three, you're supposed to go on to have six months worth of chemotherapy. So uh, like I, I said before, I got five days out of the seven plus three and the leukemia uh, is in remission now. That's so great. I never, I never needed to go on to do the six months of chemotherapy. And I never even got a full treatment of the seven plus three um, chemotherapy. So I 100% believe that the only reason I'm sitting here before you today is because God saved me. And I think he, you know, he's, he saved me. The leukemia is in remission. I went through the NDE and now I'm sharing it with others. Now my, 
like I said, my physical health, you know, I have many, many complications um, from everything that I went through. But God is still using my story, um, you know, to share it with, the, with others. So I believe that, yeah, God 100% healed me um, and, and wants to use uh, my NDE, you know, to help others. After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you open to that? Yes. What's the best way they can reach you? I would say through email. Uh, my email is Laura, L-A-U-R-A, one zero two eight zero three at gmail.com. Would you be open to them connecting with you on Facebook? Yes, that'd be fine too. Before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? Yes, I would say Jesus loves you with all of his heart. And if you're struggling, if you are in pain, if you need help, even if you, you know, you've never prayed before, just say his name. There's, you know, just say his name, Jesus, Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. You know, going through my leukemia journey, there was times where I couldn't even get the words together to pray because I was in so much pain and I would just call out his name, Jesus. And the overwhelming peace that I felt when I would say his name, I knew that he was with me. And I know that he can be with you guys too. If you just call out his name, Jesus. Laura, thank you for that message and thank you for being my guest. Thank you for having me. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.